this is Lorsheng. And Gigi. Welcome to Slice Street, a space where we recreate our post-meal conversations with guests, discussing life, dreams, failures, and sharing stories. Yeah, just like we do after sharing a meal with friends in the comfort of our home. So I hope you enjoy listening in to our conversations with our guests. Hey, Slice Fruit fam, this is Lorsheng here. Welcome to today's episode. As most of you guys know, uh, Gigi and I grew up playing a lot of basketball. And um, in today's episode, we've got our friend Eileen Sao, who we've played basketball for many years alongside with. Um, and we've got her today um, and we discuss um, what sports and basketball has meant for her. For her, she actually went on to play college ball as well as after college working for the NBA. And so we got to talk about what basketball has meant to her in her sense of identity and also her recent change transitioning out of the NBA and into something something different and what that has meant for her. So even if you never played a sport or were part of a team, I think Eileen's story um, can be relatable to most people who maybe grew up with the sense of identity towards one thing and over the years that's changed and kind of wrestling and reconciling between that and so me and Gigi just had a lot of fun catching up and hearing her experience so we hope that you have fun as well. We have a special guest today. Super special. Super special. Um, her name is Eileen Sao. Woo! Welcome. Woo! <laughs> so I'll just briefly kind of introduce Eileen to our audience mm-hmm. of how we know Eileen. Um, so back in sixth grade, I was walking from middle school, <laughs> um, this new location that mm-hmm. we moved to yeah and uh our neighbor apparently neighbor passed by and was like hey you live right next door right we should carpool one day yeah. and then zoomed off <laughs> while i was carrying this 20 pound backpack i was like yeah we're neighbors <laughs> thanks for offering the carpool <laughs> um future carpool but anyways yeah so that's how we met we were neighbors and also we played basketball together for many, many years. Did you guys in start off school with in volleyball? High was it volleyball you guys started off with? Oh, we did, huh? Yeah, we played definitely. volleyball yeah. together first, but I don't really remember that <laughs> as much. No one remembers Eileen's <laughs> volleyball days. <laughs> and you don't remember me being the star player of our volleyball team? <laughs> oh, wait a second. This is mind blowing because we were both setters in volleyball. We played two years we played basketball together like from sixth grade to 12th grade we -hmm. played in the same off league yes you know so like I couldn't you know get rid of (laughs) and we did did, like ASB like student like whatever student oh my gosh we were living parallel lives and we lived right next yeah (laughs) we lived like next to each other yeah exactly I mean um you know, Eileen's family has been uh, like a lifesaver at times, you know, because they ha- they still probably have our, our keys, you know, to our house. And whenever like anything happens, let's just like a fire or anything. No fires ever happened, but like if something like Got that happened, right, they'll yeah. be there. Yeah. Um, but anyways, so we have seen each other. We pass by each other's houses all the time. Um, and so... This is Eileen out. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, well, so we'll give you the floor, Eileen. Can you briefly share with us maybe where you're from and where you grew up and what you're doing right now? Yeah. Well, thanks for having me, guys. I know we kind of said this earlier, but I'm pumped to just like catch up with you guys and chit chat. Um, so, I mean, you already said it. I grew up literally five houses down from Gigi and Lorching um, in Fremont. And I was there before they got there. So I pretty much like grew up in Fremont. I was born in St. Louis, but that is like just oh, a random fact. Yeah, that is yeah. random. Um, my dad was at WashU. So I was born in St. Louis, but really grew up in California. Um, went to Mission San Jose High School, if people are familiar with it. 
And honestly, like Fremont is just, it's a pretty Asian, like predominantly Asian community, which I think is super unique. And I always think is a big part of what shaped part of who I am. Um, and yeah, so grew up there. I went to school in Atlanta mm-hmm. at Emory University, um, played college basketball there for four years. Uh, after Emory, I went to New York um, and that's kind of where I am right now, but worked at the NBA for five and a half-ish years. Um, and yeah, recently made a decision to now join Google um, as a strategic partner manager um, of Google Photos. So I'm, I'm literally starting that like this week. So uh, it's, a, it's an exciting time for me for sure. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. Um, and so did I just is kind of like a question when you were in college, you played basketball and did you imagine yourself working in sports after or in, during or during college? Is that something you considered? Yeah, it's so crazy. I mean, you guys know this, like growing up, sports was so such a big part of our lives, right? Like we were playing every weekend. We were doing school basketball, AU plus like Asian league basketball, which is a home like, like thing in general. But um, I always thought about just playing basketball and honestly, even playing college basketball wasn't a, a thought in my mind. I mean, we, you kind of were saying this earlier, where Shane, like no one, there was nobody that we knew that did that. Like yeah, nobody definitely. We knew that we played with played in college or worked in sports. Like there was a path of you just go to college, you get your degree and you work in something that's exciting, but like definitely not sports. Um, And so I remember like coach Walker, who was our um, junior high coach. uh, He is the first person that put it in my head that I could Mm. play at the college level. Um, And before that, it was literally never a thought. And so I just decided to go for it um, and ended up in Atlanta, which again, like knew not a a single soul in Atlanta, but decided (laughs) to Uh, And I would say the same thing about that decision to work in the sports industry. I was just playing college basketball and happened to take a sports marketing class. And because I'm on the team, everyone knows, obviously, I have a passion for the game. Um, And I remember one of my professors and advisors just sent me like um, a job posting for uh, the NBA. And like I applied and that's kind of how it happened. But if I had never taken that sports marketing class, there's just no way I would have even considered it as a profession. Like you don't think about it in that way when you play the sport you think you either play it or you're a trainer or you're a coach like you never think about the business aspect of like the NBA but there's obviously a lot that goes into it for sure Mm -hmm. this is really um really going off uh off plan of what were some of our questions but (laughs) something that you yeah I think like I guess I'm more commenting but um I guess that's like what the power of representation is, you know, when we don't actually see people that we know or maybe look like us or, you know, like have a model of what we could do in terms of a career. Like that's what's really interesting is that no one really like, did you have certain models of like or ideas of where you could go in terms of even playing college ball or doing um, working in sports? Like was there people that kind of led you or helped mentor you in that space? I think like now I have those people, but I would say when I was going through that process or let's go rewind, like, yeah, 10, five, five, 10 years, not really. That's why I always say it's so important to just surround yourself with good people. Like I love surrounding myself with people like you, like coach Walker. If I didn't have him, like that just wouldn't have been reality. Mm -hmm. And it's not like I can model after him. He is not who I am at all. Right. Like That's encouraged point. me to do that. Like, mm. even if you don't have the role model, you just need people that believe in you and like open your eyes to a world that like maybe you didn't even see. Right. Like, it, it's crazy that if he had literally just never said it, none of this would have happened. Wow. Um, and the same with like the NBA. If that professor didn't take an interest in me, um, he was a white middle-aged man, right? Like I'm not modeling myself after mm, him. That's a good point. Yeah. He looked out for me and definitely showed me that there is a path, um, which is interesting. Yeah. But, and that's something that I thought was important. So like, after I decided to play college basketball, like all the girls on the mission team, 
they were looking and maybe not none of them really maybe played or ended up going that path but like I remember like Grace Grace was talking to me about playing at the college level Alexa like Shannon they all had all of a sudden like it takes one person to do it totally and then everyone was like okay I'll create a profile and like see what happens doesn't mean that they have to play college basketball but at least they know now it's an option and like they know that they have to create a profile they have to do a highlight film they have to do the right things to like get to that point you know I still remember that highlight video I think we like showed our relatives you know like you know my dad he will always like save all the links to people's like highlight reels and, like is, it, is that on YouTube or something yeah yeah it's on YouTube right if you YouTube Eileen Sal like you'll find all my highlight films and Love it's funny it. I mean you guys know like my dad literally recorded every single game oh yes. the dad's Yeah. So you've been working. So, I mean, you've been, I mean, obviously we've established um, that you've been in basketball since, I mean, maybe probably when you're eight or nine, would you say? Yeah. Third grade. So yes. Third grade. Yeah. So, I mean, what, uh, yeah, it's been a majority of your life. Um, Can you share with us some of your favorite memories in sports, whether that be as a player or even, you know, working in sports? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, there's so many good ones. I would say the best, the best memories are always just like moments that you have, or I think the moments that I have realizations that of all the cool and awesome people that I've met, Mm. like this right here is a really good example. Um, Like, it's not like you, Gigi and I talk all the time, you know, every day. It's not like we're, um, best friends in that way but it's one of those things where I know at the end of the day like we played together for so many years Mm. and we created this bond that I know will be like a friendship for a lifetime right and that's not just you guys that's so many of the girls that we played with um we always do like our reunions and like Christmas time we always all see each other so I think those moments are my favorites now it's just like high school and college basketball teammates that I'm still connected to in a way that it's hard to, it's like hard to even explain it to people because it's special. It's very unique. Um, And then work-wise, I mean, same thing. I think I remember the first time I I went to an NBA all-star, like that was just like a realization moment. Like, wow, I'm doing this as my job when like before I would just, I would have done anything to get to an all-star game and be in the nosebleed seats. Now I'm literally walking like the back tunnels of the game and like standing next to the like NBA players, all stars. And like, this is what I'm getting paid to do this. Like mm, those yeah. are definitely my favorite moments. Um, oh, sorry. One, I'll tell one story that I love. Go for it, um, please. I got this weird represent, like I all of a sudden became kind of like deemed like this translator for some reason at the NBA because I, I can speak Mandarin. And Get it? Like, yes. And you guys know this. I'm not even that good at Mandarin. No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> like your, I think your guys' like Canto and stuff is better than my Mandarin. No, that's not true. I mean, you're really good. You, just you did go to Chinese school, so that, yeah. you, you have that. But I can't even read or write. But anyways, I'm fluent. Okay. <laughs> I remember once I was already helping, I was, I was down at an event helping like one of our international programs translate for these four girls that are part of our like um, global NBA Academy program anyways. And I was down there and I get a call from our comms team and they're like, Hey, like we heard you can translate. <laughs> it's like, not really, but sure. And basically there was this girl, Han Shu, she was about to be drafted in the WNBA. Oh, wow. And coming from China, she didn't speak English. And they just needed someone to help her. And I was like, does she not have her own translator? And they were like, hmm. they, she kind of has someone, but like, she's not, I guess they didn't feel confident in it. So I ended up being her translator at the WNBA draft that year. And it was at the draft. Yeah. It was like the most special moment. I like wow. was with her the whole time. She did all these media interviews and I tried to like help her out and just like translate where I could and just make her feel comfortable. Enough. Wow. And she knew very minimal um, Chinese or English. So 
the coolest thing is I sat, you know how at draft there's like tables and you sit with like your parents or your special people. I sat right next to her because there was like no one else there for her, which I guess is kind of a whole nother thing, but she got drafted um, in the first round and I was her first hug. And I was just like part of that moment. And she would call me like Jijia, which is like older sister. And I was just like- They're older than her, yeah. Yeah, and I guess I always love those moments too, where it's like the intersection of my culture and my family. And like, I would never know Chinese if it wasn't for that basketball. And then also just like, sort of like woman empowerment too. Like I was part of like this girl's like entry into the W. Um, so yeah, it was just like a really cool moment for me. One of my Dang. I got chills when she was talking about that. Lushing, you, you look emotional. Whoa. <laughs> I, I think that's beautiful. Like it almost feels like divine. Like, yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's, it is really beautiful. I have thoughts, but I'll share that later. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. It just... <laughs> okay. Well, it, it, it was weird, but I, I think in high school you had mentioned this before where you would say like, I'm like an onion. Do you remember this? <laughs> She's like, I love onions. I love onions. <laughs> Oh, that's true. No, I actually remember that. I remember having dinner with your family. You guys would only eat onions. Uh, okay. Wait, that's what? true, right? That's you weird. guys would eat onions. <laughs> yeah. My family loves onions. We definitely yeah, I remember onions. eating like Chinese food with you guys and you only eat the onions. Yeah. I that. Well, I, I have this like flashback memory. I don't know if you actually said this, but I feel like Eileen would always say like, I'm an onion mm -hmm. and you have to like peel different layers to who I am, you know, to who I am. Like, yeah. and I think I remember, um, like, I think that's a constant theme of knowing Eileen is like, mm. you don't always, there's so many layers. I mean, that, that is like the human experience, but there's so many different parts of Eileen that like, you may not see from the surface level, but like, even just that story, woo, you're getting emotional. You are. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Throw that on me. All right. <laughs> but yeah, no, like, that's so beautiful. Like I, I yeah. would have never yeah you know I think I mean I, I don't know if this is like too exaggerated or dramatic but I Maybe. think Eileen oh, is gosh, one of so the dramatic. peoples in our early lives that actually is pretty much a definition of slice root like of getting to know people yeah beyond just the suit like the the surface mm. I mean I mean Eileen was popular in school she was known for certain things but I think being her neighbor and seeing her in all these different contexts was like yeah Eileen is known maybe by other people in school like this way but we also know Eileen as xyz so in some sense yeah. like wow like she's one of our right I would say like one of our friends early on that we were able to find the joy of like getting to know other parts yeah yeah and it's, it's like stories like that you yeah. know where you you it's hard to like put that on paper or like to just mm -hmm. yeah to understand well, the depth of that I've always loved about our relationship and I remember growing up like same with that I think that's why we all gravitated so much towards Yvonne too is because <laughs> who's our coach in um, high school like it, it just became more than surface level converse conversations. Yeah. And like, I, I do feel like you guys know like a different side of me or like, I know, I, I feel like the relationship we have is different than like maybe I have with other people or um, whatever it is, but to have like meaningful conversation, especially in like the high school college time, like that doesn't happen very often. Now it's like more appreciated, but definitely back yeah, sure. then sure. it didn't happen often for sure. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean, I mean, you, you brought up a lot of layers about like just, um, your family tie, um, just in that story and, you know, your tie to your culture as well as being a woman. And, yeah. um, and honestly, it's just, even that story alone is so badass. It's like you're, you're not afraid, even though you do have fear, like you're not afraid to just take, take that step. Like, yeah. like you've done, going to Atlanta, yeah. you know, being the first to say, Hey, I'm going to believe in myself, even though like, there's a lot of reasons not to, or, um, yeah. like you didn't always have, you know, the highest, you know, confidence, like crazy. Like, I feel like sometimes I get, I get this crazy confidence where I feel like I can do anything, but I, I'm actually just very <laughs> mediocre, <laughs> but I just completely believe in myself. Like, <laughs> you shouldn't be as you literally 
I knew like everyone else was like, you know, actually good. <laughs> oh God. It's too funny. Yeah. I could go on forever oh, yeah, and yeah. think of all these basketball examples, but, um, so <laughs> let's go, let's go back to the original question. So I think the big part of this is, um, this place that you are right now mm. in changing careers. So you've played basketball since you were eight years old and you know, anyone who played sports, this is, this is like full-time stuff, you yeah, know, it's totally. all, all your weekends, you know, after you do your homework, you know, like you're practicing day daily, yeah. you know, and you yeah. did that and it, especially in college, you know, um, and now you know, after college, you worked for the NBA for almost six years or five and a half years. Mm -hmm. um, so basketball has been part of your day-to-day -day life for many, many years. And now yeah. in these past few weeks, you've really, you've changed and left that, left the sports industry. Um, yeah. So, you know, I wanted to give you the opportunity to share what has that process been like of mm -hmm. this idea of leaving basketball um, yeah. for you? It was definitely a hard decision and it still makes me sad to think about it. It feels like I left part of me behind mm. or like I was definitely having like this identity crisis while I was making this decision if I should take the job at Google, right? Like, like you said, that's been such a big part of me and it, and to be like very, very transparent. Um, and I talked about this with a lot of my friends. It felt like I was losing my it factor. Like, mm. It, I lean south. It, yeah, yeah exactly. Right. And so it felt yeah, like, you know, yeah. in college, no one asked me about school. Everyone always asked me about basketball. How is the team doing? How am I doing um, on oh. the court, not off the court? And now it's like, everyone's like, oh, haha, -ha, NBA this, NBA that. And it's like, that's so much of my conversation with people and so much of how I relate to people. Um, because sports is definitely something that is just so universal in so many different ways. Um, so it really felt like I was losing that, right? Like now what do I do? I go up to people are like, talk to me about Google photos. Like, no, that's not an <laughs> So that was such a hard struggle for me. Um, mm. So I did go back and forth on it a lot, but I think something that's helped me too is like, I think the sport itself is obviously part of me, but bigger than that, like what is my identity is like what sports has taught me um, mm -hmm. more than the game itself, right? So like just being a point guard, I always think that like whatever your personality is, it shows on the court too. It's like being a point guard and um, like learning what it is to be part of a team and how I, I know personally, like I'm somebody that is obviously a people person and a, a team contributor, not an in individual contributor. Um, I really enjoy leadership roles because I feel like that's sort of the point guard role on a team. Mm -hmm. um, it, it teaching me just so many different things uh, about life. Like, I guess I, maybe this is me trying to convince myself, but I also, I think this is how I've kind of gotten around it is like, all of that will stay with me, like all the lessons I've learned from basketball versus the game itself. And by the way, it's always gonna be there. I plan to go back to the sports industry, hopefully someday. It's, I just knew that I needed um, a new challenge. I think I was missing, like trying something different and like mm -hmm. pushing myself again um, versus being comfortable, yeah. Yeah. And I think that kind of goes to yeah. our, our next question of like, while you look back, like what has basketball meant to you and with the change in priorities, if it diminishes that role in your life. But I think you've answered that, um, you know, taking what you've learned and how basketball has been part of your life and how it continues to carry on through the lessons that you learned about yourself. Yeah. yeah. And like, like, for example, you guys or any, anybody that we all played high school, college basketball with, like nobody, I'm the only one that is, was working at the NBA. Right. So like mm -hmm. 
but I would say Vassal is, is still a big part of your identity, a, a part of my other teammates' identity. Just because they weren't working in this space doesn't mean like it's not part of them. Yeah. Um, so what makes me so special that I would have to work at the league to like have basketball part of my life? Like that's definitely that's not a good point. Case. Good point. Yeah. So um, yeah, and I and I think there's definitely different ways to connect um, with the sport itself. And like I said, yeah, so many lessons, even even things like. I don't know your coaches. You're not always going to like your coaches. Now I think of like the workplace. You're not always going to like your manager, but guess what? It's really important for your success to like your manager and respect them because it's like the same in sports. Like all these like lessons that you learn, you don't realize you're learning when you're playing. Like, I think, yeah, I don't know. It's just like, it continues to stay with you. Um, But yeah, transition's always hard. I always think like, uh, comfortability is something that we all look for sometimes and mm-hmm. just being comfortable in your skin and your environment. Um, so it was hard to make that decision to leave something that I know I'm well-respected in, like um, well-liked. And those are things that are important to me. Yeah. And I had to like make the conscious decision to like leave that behind and start new. So that was definitely the second piece that I thought was the hardest of mm-hmm. leaving for sure. Yeah. You mentioned um, just earlier that leaving, just making this decision, you were kind of losing your it factor of like for mm-hmm. basketball and working that and being was your it factor. What is, do you have any thoughts or do you have an idea of like what, not to say you need to replace that it factor, but you know, is there some things that you're curious to, to discover about yourself that now that you're not in that space, that the space that you've identified, um, is there something about who you are that still remains that maybe you want to elevate? Dude, Lershing, yes. That's like the million dollar question that I'm trying to ask myself too. I don't know the answer. I, I just know that I think that there's more that I need to explore about myself and um, whether that even just be like hobbies, I want to surf more, or I want to learn how to play tennis or whatever it is. Like, I, I do think that, yes, the answer is yes, but I don't know beyond that, I guess is my answer. Yeah. Well, I'm, I love that. I don't, I don't know what to say, but I am so excited. Like, I'm so excited. That sounds so exciting. And I hope like, and I, I know this, you're surrounded by good people and you value people. And I do hope that the people in your life will continue to uh, like bring that environment for you to explore. Yeah. And maybe I'll just ask it, ask that same question, but, you know, um, maybe in the past few years, you know, past Mm -hmm. two years or so, has there been some things that you've um, explored about yourself or have been really proud of yourself um, that you didn't know was there because I, I think it's kind of like a gradual thing it's not just you know now you've made this decision and now there's just like whole new self but it's been gradual where you've been mm-hmm. realizing that this True. is you're not only respected within the basketball yeah. field industry or what where has there been some new things that you've thought of just in the past couple of years um, yeah that's actually a really good way to put it too and like think through it yeah. um like as humans we're just constantly growing and changing right even the last two years, we were put in this crazy pandemic environment. So it forced you to be a different person almost. Uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think I, I would say the last few years for me has just been about being more confident in myself too. And, and I would say even thinking about this decision that I made to leave, um, trying to distinguish for me, like, I know I'm, I like the risk I I feel like we've seen that throughout like my life or whatever. Um, But trying to discern, but for me, like what is scary versus what I don't feel is right. Does that make sense? Like when I'm like, when I'm facing this decision, am I nervous and scared? I think that's fine. And I should attack situations that um, are outside my comfort zone versus like, what is actually um, a decision that I think is wrong Um, and that's something that I've been trying to navigate, I think throughout the last few years in terms of big decisions in general. Um, and I think 
I'm able to make those decisions now more like accurately or maybe more confidently because I'm more secure of like who I am and like my path and the people around me for sure too. Um, but yeah, like I think I'm constantly working on myself, maybe not as um, consciously as I should. Mm-hmm. You guys know me. I'm not very like, I'm not a very introverted like thinker. Um, I don't often take time to pause and like reflect, uh, but I, it's definitely a goal of mine to do that so that I can, um, continue to focus on sort of like long-term goals and like where I'm trying to go in life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I have one question before, uh, to wrap up, um, like this part of the interview, but I'm curious if you had had some advice for maybe people who are, just getting started in their career and trying to maybe think about their, whether that's a goals in their, in their, in their job, or I guess, yeah. Would you, do you have any advice for young professionals as they're working and thinking about their future? Yeah. I mean, well, first of all, I don't have like a one sentence answer advice. That is okay. (laughs) I feel like some people have some really good one-liners in their pockets to like take out. I definitely am not one of those people. It kind of what I was just saying in a way, like do, I I think it's really important to put yourself outside your comfort zone. Um, And maybe that's my personality. So let me take that back. I think first of all, prioritize what you think puts you in an environment that is successful. Some people thrive in an environment that is safe and comfortable and that's what they want. And that's just where they're gonna grow the most because um, that's, just, that's just what makes them happy. For me, right? Like a setting of uncomfortability and risk and like um, maybe, maybe something that is new and different that challenges me, like that's where I'm the happiest. Um, So once you figure that out, like, just don't be afraid to go for it, I would say. Um, But I I do think it, it's really important to just understand yourself first, because Mm -hmm. if you don't understand yourself, like, how can you navigate where it is that you want to go? Because I think then you run the risk of navigating towards a goal or a focus that actually isn't your own. It's just like of what you've seen that was done before or yeah. what you think other people percept like perceptually think that you need to do in life. Mm-hmm. Um, good. So just make sure your goals are your own versus anyone else's really. Yeah. That's awesome. I feel like, you know, you, you kind of mentioned it earlier that you were like, Oh, I'm not the most uh, reflective person, but just from the things that you've said, I feel like, you know, you've definitely taken the time to do a lot of reflection and um, maybe you don't need a lot of time to, to figure it out. Um, but yeah, you know, it's always, it's always, it's always wonderful. Reflection. Wait, what? <laughs> I feel like it's forced reflection because of things like, like I'm talking to you guys or <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I have this like memory of like, you usually maybe don't like it when you have to reflect, you know, you're like yeah. uncomfortable. Did you you're stop like, asking oh. these questions? <laughs> oh God. I, yeah. When you said you that, I was time and I was like why are we why are we getting so deep or when we do like circles and share I was like we don't need to be doing this right now <laughs> yeah no I think we're both very much like that but Gigi's like more I feel like you think so yeah um, I think she's I- I've learned I've actually learned from that one time that you said that oh you you go too deep too fast I was like oh that makes a lot of sense that's good feedback this is good feedback. you know yeah it's great feedback yeah it is good that's not good feedback I think you should go as deep and as quick as you want with like relationships well everyone's different like you said and I think like in this setting obviously it's you know we gave you warning so you bought into it like you know (laughs) that's your fault if you (laughs) you didn't like it but um, yeah you said (laughs) no one forced you (laughs) but I I can be like really intense you know um you've seen it on the basketball court too like and sometimes I'm very and and my my really good friends have really given given me that feedback like hey you're sometimes too one-track mind like when you want something you just have to keep going for it I'm like, yeah, that's true. It's super like, annoying sometimes. Yeah, and Lushing, for it's sure. Always it's, both your, it's both your, like, best quality, though, Gigi, and mm. your most dangerous quality. Mm. Exactly. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You know, you, 
hit it on the nail but uh, yeah it, it's, it's it's fun to kind of reflect on these things especially over the years and how we're still like kind of the same but it, it, it's we've matured. we've matured we are totally the same just a different like version of ourselves i i know yeah yeah like, just talking like this it's like it has time really passed like i mean we're more we're older have like more years under our belt now but like really our personalities at the core have yeah yeah that's great but i think that makes it really when you know someone for a long time it makes hearing what like the like the uh, updates are you know you you talk about versions i couldn't help but think of like software versions but you know like there's different updates like it makes it more interesting you know Mm. because you know the foundation pretty well or what makes what made someone who they are but I think also just as interesting is like what has happened, you know, the past like oh, years, which adds so much more color to it. Um, yeah. Just think about every big life event that happens and it like just kind of changes you a little bit. I mean, totally. not going to be like a dramatic thing, but it all, it all affects you as a person. So. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. This is, this is beautiful. Thanks for sharing a piece of your journey. Thank you so much. You guys guys are beautiful. You know, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Eileen becomes some like, you know, TikTok influencer and like, (laughs) I was actually laughing because when you asked that question earlier about like, what's changed about you last two years? I was like, I don't know. I started making TikToks. (laughs) (laughs) She she did have a couple that went viral. Uh, You didn't know because you're not on TikTok. TikTok. Yeah. One year of a difference makes us, there's a gap still <laughs> just kidding it's okay all right well we're gonna um we'd like to um end with some post interview trivia um so we can get kind of your recommendations on like life hacks um so one question is what's something you recommend and what's something you don't recommend so it can be really simple it could be really deep sometimes simple and brief is kind it's of better fun. it's yeah. better <laughs> okay. we just had like a deep conversation <laughs> yeah people give this like really generic like i don't know don't lie. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, we want something more practical. Yeah. Give us something that I don't. Yeah. Yeah. The question is so broad. Like anyone could take it any direction. Well, True. I was taking it kind of literally maybe. Um, Great. I was going to recommend, I just finished a book called the vanishing half. Um, and say I that again, the vanishing half. Oh, it's, uh, it's a very popular book. woman. I don't read, um, and I liked this book and I finished it. So if I finished it, I would highly recommend it for anyone that actually. Why do you recommend it? I, the, the story itself is so interesting and I don't think I loved or hated any of the characters. Okay. And there are just so many layers of um, social and cultural issues within it. Like mm. it's not just, it's, it's not just race. It's not, it's also like LGBTQ, right? Like all, all these things are in it. Um, mm. So it's interesting. Okay. I'm trying to voice, but also, all I just right. really like it. Well, that's yeah. a great recommendation. So um, Eileen recommends The Vanishing Half by yes. Britt Bennett. 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 And so uh, what's the second one is what's something you don't recommend? Oh, what do I not recommend? I don't know. I don't recommend. Um, it's something like avoid this. Don't buy this. I'm thinking so literally right now too. I'm like thinking of like makeup products that I don't oh. recommend. Oh, that's, yeah, very that's helpful. super helpful. Okay. Um. <laughs> She's like, uh, I need to see if I don't have any partnerships with them. You know? <laughs> Yeah, I know. Um, I don't recommend um, the It Cosmetics um, okay. foundation. I used it recently and I didn't like it. Okay, very good. Why? Why, why do you not recommend it? I felt it didn't blend into my skin. Mm. Well. Was it foundation? That's something I do recommend is the Flawless Filter by um, 
Charlotte Tilbury. Okay. Ooh. All right. Well, we have two recommendations. So yeah, I'm uh, we, so bad gotta... at not recommending things. <laughs> There's nothing I wouldn't recommend. <laughs> <laughs> there probably is just forget them. I'll probably think of it later and text you guys and be like, oh my God, this is what I would not recommend. And she keeps texting us you know, every other week. We're like, okay. So <laughs> Can you just fit oh it into God. the post-production? Yeah. I don't have any. <laughs> All right. That's well, always a hard th- one. Those are, those are great. Those are great. Yeah. Those are, great. those are awesome. Very practical. I think people's lives will be upgraded because of the book and avoiding the vanishing half. Vanishing half. And, and then- do not use yeah, it cosmetics. This product is great. Flawless filter. Charlotte Flawless. Silberry. Okay, one one reason why. Why why do you love it? Because of blood. It gives you this nice glow but natural look to your face. So it's like an it's like a good no makeup makeup product. Mm. Oh nice, yeah. nice, nice. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. That's awesome. Well, yeah, beauty influencer over here. Hey, <laughs> everything influencer. Everything. Everything. Chinese translator. Chinese translator. <laughs> Chinese TikTok. Help you, get, help you get drafted. <laughs> help you get drafted, dude. Wow, amazing. All the things, man. Yeah. Well, thanks for thanks for coming by, Eileen. Um, it's it's just a pleasure, and it's really life giving, and this is easy. This is super fun. <laughs> I know. I and mean, this is why we do this. Um, and I hope it it was uh, fun for you. Um, so fun. I love you guys. You're the best. Now it's time for Eating Sliced Fruits with Lorshing and Gigi, the part of the show where Lorshing and Gigi eat sliced fruits. Well, today we have Sliced mangoes. Mangoes. Yay. This is very ripe mangoes. <laughs> nice. Well, today we're also recording in Fremont together, which is sort of a rare occasion. Well, actually, this episode, we recorded the interview and mm. the slice, like the, pretty much the whole thing right. together. Oh, oh these, these are good. That's because the first, well, the top layer is like the riper mm. or the less ripe. And the bottom was like very ripe. I think with mangoes, if mm. it's like very... um. Um, too ripe. And then they have the sulfur. Is that right? How's that like mm. almost like grainy. rotten, rotten, um, rotten smell? I actually like the more ripe mango in this. The bottom one? Yeah, it's really good. It's really sweet, not as tart. Mm, let's see. Mm. But one really good thing as I was cutting this is, especially if it's really ripe and you're like, I don't know what to do. I mean, smoothies are really great. The really ripe mangoes. You can make mango lassi. Oh, that's true. How do you make mango lassi? Uh, I don't know if this is the real recipe, but oh. I just take really ripe mangoes and I just get Greek yogurt. And you mix it in like a smoothie? It's, yeah, it's really good. Um, I've done it hmm. through a Trader Joe's sample. Um, like they showed you how to make mango lassi with their drinks. So they mm-hmm. have um, kefir? Kefir? Kefir, oh, kefir yogurt yeah. drink uh-huh. yeah, yeah, that's plus better. their mango concentrate and it's delicious well the mango concentrate you might as well just you can make that with really ripe mangoes you just like but it's a little bit um too thick no mm. like the mango juice i don't know so that's why, that's it why goes you, really down so that's why i like smoothly. having really ripe mangoes help have you ever done this what mango lassi yeah yeah okay nice i should try yours mm-hmm. i will die by a lot of my friends know I will die by mango and passion fruit. Like you put those together, they're very high so, on my list. <clears throat> so that's why mangoes are very high because of that combination. Mangoes and passion fruit, yeah. yeah. It's very, not a combo. That's, oh, but, oh okay, on the yeah, list. I was about to say those okay. are very tart <laughs> things put together. I mean, oh, that would hum, still be really good. Washing, you've never had this, but I, I would, I would, I would say that would be very good. Mango passion fruit is very good. But are you like, saying you never had this? Mango and passion fruit yeah. together? Yeah. Yeah, no, I have it. Okay. I you made don't have passion fruit in your backyard. No, I've made mango pudding with a passion fruit topping. Mm. Like I've made it all by myself. Fresh mango? Yeah, fresh mango, put a little gelatin. I think that was pretty much it. And some milk and Oh, that's you wonderful. Know. It was great. Wonderful. Actually, I gave it to some friends and they said it was great. Mm. I remember this actually. Yeah, this was that sounds soup. amazing. 
But sadly, my neighbor cut down the passion fruit. It's so sad. Oh, wow. Or like they're like, like, you're stealing my passion fruit. Maybe they had to control it because it was kind of growing everywhere. Mm. And over the... um, Over your yard. Yeah. Yeah. So, no more passion fruit. Oh. Um, Do you have the number of where mango is on your list? I think it's eight. I think I know this because the combo is eight and four. Passion fruit is four because... No way. No way. Really? Is it four? No. Oh, it is. Yeah. <laughs> I would say mango is like, yeah, eight, nine. <laughs> I really like the number eight. <laughs> you do. So the topic today, and um, we're going to be talking about different arts and entertainment that we enjoy mm-hmm. um, for our slice segment um, towards the end of the podcast. So today, what was the topic of today? Yeah. Um, we're going to talk about CODA. Coda is the recently, um, recently, Nomi- um, well, nominated winner, well, winner, winner, winner of the best picture according to the Oscars. Okay. Um, and, um, we watched, we watched it as a family two weeks ago, mm-hmm. two, three weeks ago. Yeah. And, uh, I loved it. I actually waited. I hadn't seen it, but I had. I knew I wanted to watch it, but I waited until I came home with the family to watch it with them. How did you know it was good? Um, I well, my friend uh, Bruce yes. Kim suggested it, and he is great. I think I. I mean, he has good taste, and I I align with his film taste. <laughs> All right. What was the joke? Okay, so that you were mm-hmm. saying that it released. Coda released in the airplanes as well. Yeah, like it, it it's wasn't a, on theaters. Yeah, it's on theaters. It's on it's Apple, Apple TV, Plus. Yeah. Um, but I think, I guess, uh, it was, people also could access it on the airplane because it was part of the, a lot of airlines entertainment. And so if you go online and read some of the comments about the, the, the movie, what are the comments? And, and mind you, CODA is an oh, acronym, yes. Yes. which stands for children of deaf adults. Mm-hmm. And that's what the premise of the movie is, is following a family and a protagonist who is a child of deaf adults right right um and but she's a hearing um adult and coda is a a symbol in music anyway so anyway so the comments which i thought was really funny was coda also known as cried on the airplane cried on the airplane (laughs) because many people watched it on the airplane and so yeah it was a tearjerker movie tearjerker and you mentioned music coda being a symbol in music because Mm -hmm. it is um a movie also about music and uh, Mm -hmm. a girl um loving music so um but you know being a child of deaf adults that's hard Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. and and, i mean like i watched well you asked me like why i want to like why i wanted to watch it one because a friend had recommended it and two after watching the trailer i was like oh this is a this is a good film but I, I, I think the plot itself is quite simple, but I think the acting and yeah. the pacing, right? acting, pacing, tone was just so cohesive and so like, um, you thought the plot was simple. The plot was so simple. Like you yeah, can read the synopsis and I'm like, this is Beck's picture. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but the cast Right. Was... It's kind of odd for the Academy to do that too. Yeah. Like I, I was surprised that it was, it won. And actually, when I was reading articles prior, like, leading up to it, they were saying, oh, it's between Coda and The Power of the Dog. I was like, oh, really? Oh, okay. Mm. Um, it's a bit cliche, maybe a little bit. Um, yeah, I mean, The Power of the Dog is a much different film. I haven't watched it, but it's, they're totally different tones. It's very nuanced and, you know. Yeah. You know, different themes, but. Right. I mean, Coda is definitely my type of film. It's yeah. a family pleaser. It's great acting. It's something that, you know, you anyone can I feel like anyone can relate to when you feel like tied to like whether you're tied to loyalty or to your family or to community and right. versus your own desires. But then also like, you know, being deaf, you know, what does it feel like to feel outcast, mm-hmm. you know, or mm-hmm. can't understand what's going on? I think as yeah. yeah, anyone can relate to that. I think for us as as, uh, as Chinese American, you can relate to that. You know, anyone can relate to those stories. Yeah. And I think that was what they did so well mm-hmm. with mashing the comedic aspects, but also totally. incredibly intense 
moments in the movie that are so uh, resonant to anybody. Yeah. Although it can be kind of a cliche story or yeah. even some of the tropes related to, you know, I, I, I've just read some articles and there could be just some stereotypes sure. about deaf adults not being able to enjoy music, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah. I think that like when I look back to my experience watching the movie, it was just so heart wrenching because because the actors just did and actresses did such an amazing job. Oh, amazing! And they were there. It was amazing, and so it is a um, the the first adaptation of the screenplay was um, a French mm-hmm. movie, mm-hmm. French film. So I I took a look a little bit at the French film, and it's very similar. It's almost the exact same um, scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, as the American one, but I, I think there was, I think there was a well received, um, um, critics, it was kind of mixed for the French film because I think it was even more stereotypical and even more, and, and none of the cast were actually deaf. Oh, okay. So there, it was a mixed review. You can be, you can be um, yeah. a little bit more critical. Yeah. So yeah. Um, Hopefully the listeners get to watch Coda. Yeah, hi- re- highly recommend. Highly recommend, and let us know what you think um, about the movie. You know, DM us. <laughs> DM us. Um, before we end, write down comments. Yeah, li- list maybe one other film on the Oscars best picture you want to watch. That I want to watch. Yeah. Maybe King Richard I, because of the slap. No, uh, <laughs> uh, um, I have to think about it. Um, I, know, I have to look at the list. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I have to look at the list. Too. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I think just because King Richard has been on advertisements. Yeah, on yeah. the headlines. Uh, I you know I heard about it before. And yeah, I was pretty interested in just the, following the Williams story on, on on the screen. Yeah. Um, also because Naomi Osaka is, is is in it. No, no, no. Her her her, her story like is that her dad followed King like Richard oh, yeah, Williams's yeah, yeah, yeah. thing. So oh, how he raised Naomi. Marley and Naomi. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. What what about you? What movie you want to watch? I think. Oh, actually, sorry. No, this is the movie. Drive my car. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, I, I actually, I'm trying to think about it. What was the other movie? I I have to look at the list, but I think I should do kind of watch King Richard actually. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you just gotta be in the mood to like. You gotta be in the mood. Watch a certain movie and take in a certain story. Yeah. yeah. Well, hey guys, uh, we hope you enjoyed our conversation with Eileen today. If you want to keep updated with our podcast and upcoming releases, we release on a monthly basis. You can follow us on Instagram. You can also follow, subscribe to us on any of your podcast platforms. Just type in sliced fruits and hit that follow or hit that subscribe. And if you like what you're hearing, you can also give us a rating and a review. All right. Well, thanks, guys. We'll see you next time.